Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Father Trevor. turn in your Bibles to that passage we just read from John chapter 3. If you've got one of the Bibles on the seats, it's on page uh, 1348. And we're going to study together this conversation between this man named Nicodemus and Jesus. And as I've been studying it this week and praying about this morning, I've just had this image in my mind from the Pixar movie Up. Have you seen Up? Um, it's about this old man, and he's had some tragedy happen in his life, and that's caused him to kind of hole up by himself in his house and kind of clench his fists and batten down the hatches. Um, but he finds his house in the middle of this uh, commercial development, and they're trying to buy his house. They're trying to get him to move, um, but he doesn't want to. Eventually, he realizes he's going to have to move, and so something inside of him changes, and he decides... I'm going to do it. I'm going to go off on that adventure that I'd always dreamed about doing, but never did. So he inflates thousands and thousands of helium balloons, and they lift his house up from the earth and into the sky, and he's blown away on the wind into this adventure. I've been thinking about that as I've read this passage where Jesus says, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, the adventure of life in God... You have to be born of the Spirit. The Spirit's like a wind. And it lifts you up and it blows away into the kingdom of God. So uh, let's open in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to come and be that fresh wind this morning. Lord, we come expecting to meet you in your word, expecting for you to be present to us and to teach us. And so we just say, Lord, we want more of you. We want more of your Holy Spirit to fill us, to give us the life of the kingdom, and um, to just fill us this morning with your presence. So come, Holy Spirit, and teach us through your word. Amen. Well, this is a conversation, as I said, between Jesus and Nicodemus. And actually, for the next four weeks here in the season of Lent, the lectionary has us reading conversations with Jesus. Jesus and Nicodemus this week. Next week, it's a conversation between Jesus and a woman he meets at a well in the region of Samaria. And then after that, it's a conversation with a man who's born blind that Jesus heals And then the last week of Lent, it's a conversation between Jesus and two sisters whose brother, Lazarus, has just died. And when we have a conversation like this with Jesus, um, John says right before this uh, conversation with Nicodemus, he says that Jesus knows people's hearts. That's chapter 2, verse 25. He says, He himself, Jesus himself, knew what was in man. He knows what's in the hearts of humans. And so when we have a conversation with Jesus, he wants to get to the need of our human heart. He wants to get to our weaknesses and to 
to where we need saved so that he can invite us into his saving grace. We're in this series called Our Need of Him, where we're talking about the fact that we need Jesus and that when we admit our need to Jesus, that he is mighty to save. That line from the song, all the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. And that's actually why John writes this book. John, the author of this gospel, tells us straight out why he's written. And he says, I'm writing this book so that you would believe in Jesus and receive him and have life in his name. Jesus knows our need and he wants to bring us life in his name. And so John, one of the reasons he wrote this conversation down is so that we could believe that Jesus can fill our deepest needs and can save us. So let's jump into this conversation. Um, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and we'll talk more about who Nicodemus is in a minute, but he comes to him, and he wants to start a, kind of a theological conversation. And so Jesus starts with how you enter into the life of God, how you enter into the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. Now, that word Jesus uses, that word again, it's almost intentionally ambiguous. A lot of people who've read this passage say it can mean either born again, born a second time, which is kind of the literal interpretation. That's how Nicodemus responds. Um, how can I be born again? Um, but it can also mean born from above. And throughout the passage, Jesus will actually use it in both ways. He says you have to be born again. How can that happen, Nicodemus says in verse 4? Jesus says, well, there's a birth that's of water and the Spirit. And then there's also a birth that's of flesh. So there's this like physical earthly birth, of earth birth, earthly birthly. And there's also this heavenly spiritual birth. So spirit, not flesh. Heavenly, not earthly. It's wind. It's, it's invisible not visible, though you can see its effects. It's a birth that comes from above, from outside, not from ourselves. We can't manufacture it. You can't make it happen. And there's this key word that Jesus uses. In verse 11, he says to Nicodemus, you do not receive our testimony. Birth from above is something to be received. It's something that comes from heaven to earth. But here in verse 11, Jesus zeroes in on Nicodemus and his need and what is inside of him. And Jesus says, you haven't received my testimony. What does he mean? Well, Nicodemus is described in verse 1 as a Pharisee. He's one of the people of Israel's uh, religious leaders. He's a theologian. He's a scholar. And he has a very clear idea, and so does his kind of movement of the Pharisees, of how to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus says, you've got to be born from above to enter into the kingdom of God. But the Pharisees, they had this idea of entering into the kingdom of God that was, that was we could describe as a being born from below. Not heaven coming down to earth, but earth kind of making its way up to heaven. So the Pharisees were brought up and were taught and taught the belief that you could you could analyze the law, and you could understand the law of Moses, the law that God gave to Israel. 
and you could interpret it and come up with exactly the right specific practices and and the, the subtle differences and and how you should perfectly fulfill the law. And then you could work hard and dedicate your life uh, to fulfilling that law. It could be understood, and then through your human effort, it could be accomplished. That's how Pharisees taught that you could enter into the kingdom of God. It's kind of a kingdom built from and born from below, born out of your own intellect, that you can think the right thing and get into the kingdom of God. That if we understand it enough, if our theology is good enough, if we're correctly outraged at what's bad and correctly affirm what's good, if we've got our, our system of thinking built right, then we enter into God's way. It's through our own, through our own knowledge, through our own minds. So, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he, he, thinks, he thinks he knows. He's curious about Jesus, but he says to him, You're a rabbi. I'm a rabbi. You've said the kingdom of God has come, and you're doing all these miracles. So you've got some insight into the kingdom, but we're both teachers. Let's talk about it. Let's see how our understanding lines up. And don't, don't we do this, too? Don't we don't we kind of come to Jesus and say, Jesus, you've got some good things to say, and some of what you say actually lines up with, with what I think and what I'm pretty sure is right, so that's great. Um, and then we, we come to Jesus, we come to the Bible, we come to the church, and we say, but, but there's other parts of it that don't really line up, and so I don't know. We kind of come to Jesus on the same level as him, but what does Jesus say to Nicodemus when he comes to him like this? He says, in verse 10, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't understand this? He says, the Son of Man, in verse 13, has ascended into heaven. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. What's Jesus saying? He's saying that I, Jesus, know how to enter into the kingdom of heaven because I was just in heaven. I know how to enter into the kingdom of heaven because I am bringing heaven to earth. Have you been to heaven, Nicodemus? Has any other theologian or spiritual leader or anyone else ever been in heaven and come to earth and then returned to heaven? No, Jesus is the only one. He speaks with the authority of God. He speaks with the authority of the life of God because he is God and he's living the life of God. We think we can be born from below and work our way up to heaven by understanding heaven. But Jesus says no one understands it except the one who's been there. You can only receive it. We also think we're kind of born from below through our own effort, through doing the right thing, through uh, fulfilling what we think is, is good. But look at the metaphor that Jesus uses for this. He says you have to be born from above. Can you choose to be born the first time? Can you can you choose the details of your birth? No. You can't you can't birth yourself. You didn't choose to be born physically, you didn't choose who your parents were. We don't choose 
whether we're born male or female, what color our skin is, what shape our body is. These are all things that are received from outside of ourselves. And our own effort can't get us to heaven and get us to be born from heaven. It's something to be received. How do you try to work your way from earth to heaven? Is it thinking the right thing? Is it doing the right thing? Maybe it's feeling the right thing. Having the right kind of emotional experience helps you feel like you're a part of the right thing. How do you, how do you try to manage that? You know, whether whether you're someone who is exploring what it means to follow Jesus, um, you're curious like Nicodemus is about how to enter into the kingdom of heaven, or whether you, you have believed in Jesus and you've received the kingdom of heaven, isn't our natural default human heart that it's about what we think, that it's about what we do, that it's about what we feel? <laughs> Isn't that where we default? That even if we come to Jesus not trusting in our own work, that then once we're living in Jesus, we do. We start to trust in our own part of the equation. And Jesus is describing the kingdom of God as something that we receive. How do we receive it? Well, we have to be born of God. Jesus says to Nicodemus, you don't believe the earthly things I'm telling you. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? But Jesus doesn't stop there. He actually goes on to tell him heavenly things. Because Jesus has come to invite us all to be born of God, born of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says, here is how the kingdom of heaven is received. Here is how you are born from above. And he says, remember that story from Moses and the serpent in the wilderness. Verse 14, this comes to us from the book of Numbers. The people of Israel, uh, God had just delivered them out of Egypt, and they were wandering in the wilderness where they'd be for 40 years, and they begin to complain. God, you've abandoned us. God, we don't trust you in the wilderness. And we talked about that last week. God, why did you bring us here? Why won't you provide for us? And as they complain, snakes come out of the wilderness and start attacking them. And people are getting bitten and they're dying. They're being poisoned and they're getting sick and they're dying. This is like my worst nightmare. It's like Indiana Jones, right? Snakes. Why did it always have to be snakes? So they come to Moses and they say, we have sinned against God. And, and God says, I've heard your repentance. I want to bring you healing. He tells Moses to make a serpent out of bronze and to put it on a on a branch on a tree branch on a on a pole and to lift it up and that everyone who looks on that looking on it being an act of belief everyone who looks on that serpent lifted up in the wilderness will be healed and they were they were healed and Jesus says I came from heaven to do that he says we we as people, we humans, we have a sickness. He describes it to Nicodemus as darkness, as, as evil things that we do. It's like a darkness. It's a sickness. 
And Jesus said, I came from heaven to heal that, to heal that sickness. And in, in the story with Moses in the wilderness, the serpents were what the sickness was. And so it was a sign of a serpent lifted up that would heal them. And Jesus says, your sickness is sin. And so I'm going to become sin for you. That's how Paul describes it in Corinthians, that when Jesus is lifted up on the cross, that he becomes sin for us. He takes our sin upon us so that he can translate us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He is born of God so that he can bring us forgiveness of sins by first descending from heaven so that he could then ascend to the cross, so that he could descend to the grave and then in resurrection ascend back to heaven. The way to new life in God is through the death of of Jesus, because he is the one who's lifted up. Not only that, he, he, Jesus makes this even richer. So we are born of God because he is the son of God. We can be born into the family of God because God is a family and God has a father, a son, and a spirit. And, and Jesus is sent as a son. When we see the words water and spirit earlier on in here, born of water, born of the spirit, um, we've got to think baptism. John uses these images throughout his whole gospel to connect us to our baptism and to the baptism of Jesus. Remember, it was when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and he was standing in the water that the heavens opened up. And we see the revelation that he is the Son of God and that the Holy Spirit as a dove comes upon him and fills him. And because Jesus was born of water and the Spirit, because he is the only Son of God, now we get to be sons and daughters of God. That's what it means in this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Because God came in Jesus as the only son, we also get to be daughters and sons. We also get to be born of water and the Spirit, baptized not into our earthly family, but into a heavenly one. God is born of flesh in Jesus so that we can be born of water and the Spirit. Jesus says that this, this gift of, of new birth into the family of heaven, into the kingdom of heaven, is for everyone. He says, whoever believes. I talked about a couple weeks ago how um, my dad came to the Lord because someone said, you put your name in this verse. For God so loved Trevor. For God so loved you. For God so loved Every single person that whoever believes in him, there is a universality to Jesus's invitation. He invites everyone to come to him. But there's also a uniqueness in his invitation because Jesus says that he is the only son, that he is the only way. 
Later on, Jesus' followers would say, there is no other name under heaven given to people that we can be saved by. It's only Jesus. He is the only one who has come from God to earth to make a way for us to go from earth to be with God. There are a lot of religions that teach that they have a way to enter into a kingdom of heaven. There are a lot of philosophies. There are a lot of spiritualities. But Jesus says there is one way, and it's Jesus. Anyone can take this way. But to take any other way is a rejection of Jesus. Nicodemus calls Jesus a rabbi, a teacher. You're doing the works of God. But Jesus says, if you stop at teacher, then you've rejected me. Unless you accept Jesus as the one who saves, who has come from God, who is God, then you have not received his teaching. And look what Jesus says. He doesn't come to reject anyone. He doesn't come to condemn the world in verse 17, but to save it. But if you do not receive Jesus, you are condemned already. If you believe and receive him, then you have the right to become the children of God. But if you do not receive him and you reject him, then you will perish. Jesus never rejects anyone. He comes to invite everyone. But if you reject Jesus, then he'll allow you to. The same way that we can't force our own way into heaven, Jesus won't force you into it either. He comes with an invitation that we can receive. A few years ago, uh, my younger brother Trey uh, bought a sailboat. It was really small. It was just maybe like eight or nine feet long, and the sail was maybe 10 feet tall, and they didn't have like a place to sit. You would just sit on the, on the back end of it. And we took this out on, on the lake where my parents own a little cottage. And, and uh, the wind started to kick up. And, man, we just went flying. And we were going so fast, the back end dipped into the water. And we were, like, up to our waist in water. And there was no hope, really, of steering the thing. We just were going. And that's what the wind is like. You can't box up. Wind. The only way to catch wind is with a sail. The kingdom of God is a wind, and we can receive it. We can open ourselves up to it, open our arms wide like a sail, and receive the kingdom of God. You know, we didn't get to choose our first birth, but we can choose to receive our second birth. We can choose to be born again, not out of our own intellect, not out of our own effort, not out of our own emotion, not of our own management of our lives. No, we can choose to receive it by Jesus's death and resurrection. We can choose to receive an adoption into his family. You know, Nicodemus comes to this conversation and Jesus says, You have not received me. But this isn't the last we hear of Nicodemus. It's not the last we hear about him in the Gospel of John. He comes back in chapter 7 
And when the other Pharisees are attacking Jesus, Nicodemus actually starts to stand up for Jesus. And then in chapter 19, after Jesus has died on the cross, it's Nicodemus, along with some others, who receive the body of Jesus and prepare it for burial. After Jesus' death, Nicodemus is there. And it, John tells how much perfume and oils they brought, and they brought way too much. And so people have looked at that and said, wow, they gave him a kingly burial. It seems that in the end, Nicodemus did receive Jesus as the king of the kingdom of heaven. And you can too. You can receive Jesus' death and resurrection, the forgiveness of your sins. You can, like Nicodemus, move from darkness and into light. You can move from being an orphan to being in the family of God. Because Jesus came from heaven to earth, bringing the life of God in heaven to earth, you can enter into the life of heaven on earth. Have you received Jesus? Have you believed in him and ask him to forgive your sins. Maybe maybe you haven't and you want to do that right now. I want to pray with you. Maybe you um, have grown up kind of knowing about Jesus. Maybe you even got baptized as a kid or as a young adult, but you've never really received your baptism. It was a thing you did because you thought you were supposed to, but you never believed it, and received it. You can do that this morning. And maybe you've believed and you've been baptized, and but there are still ways that you are living life from below instead of life from above, that you're working on, on your project of building your way to heaven. You need to You need to let that go, and you need to repent of that intellectual project or that effort project or that emotional project. You need to let it go. We never stop needing to receive the kingdom of heaven from above by the power of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit is called wind. It's the same word in this passage. It's the same word that means spirit or wind. Everyone who's born of the wind, who's born of the Spirit. And you know what? So often when it's windy, we We hold on more tightly. We hold on to our hat. We hold on to our coat. We hold on to our things. We we grasp because we're afraid of where the wind might take us. And I've just got that, that picture from that Pixar movie up, but maybe change a little bit. Maybe just turn into a hot air balloon. And maybe your life is like this hot air balloon and you're meant in the kingdom of heaven to soar on the wind but you just don't quite trust the Lord enough. Maybe you don't even trust the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've had weird experiences where the Holy Spirit wasn't around or wasn't talked about. Or maybe the Holy Spirit was a little bit scary if you've been in a church background. And so you've you've got your life tethered to earth. It's like a hot air balloon and, and there's 
there's ropes going down and staked into the ground and you're tethered to these different things that you find for security, you find for stability. Or maybe you've been really hurt before and so you don't have ropes tethering down. You've got sandbags that are up over the edges. And I just have a sense this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to come and cut some tethers for you. He wants to come and throw some sandbags over the side so that he can catch you up in the life of God and the life of heaven in a fuller, deeper way. If that's you, any of those things I described, then we want to pray for more of the Holy Spirit. We're taught in the Bible that we can be filled with the Spirit or we can quench the Spirit. We can create tethers and sandbags that don't let the Spirit and the wind blow us into the, the way of God. We just want to pray for more filling of the Spirit. And as we pray, if it feels, if you're feeling anxious and about praying to the Holy Spirit, just remember the Holy Spirit is fully God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not just a wind or, or water or a dove. It is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. And if it feels hard to trust the Holy Spirit, like you don't really know how the wind of the Spirit works, then trust Jesus as we pray. Trust Jesus who said, to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, we believe. We believe that you are the one who has come from heaven to bring the life of heaven to earth. We believe that you were born so that you could, on the cross, die for our sins and in the resurrection forgive us of our sins and bring us from darkness into light. And so we confess our sins. We ask for your forgiveness. We want to receive the kingdom of heaven. So we give our lives to you. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit. Maybe you just want to, as we pray, take your hands and place them palm up on your lap as a way of kind of physically saying, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And as you open your hands, let those sandbags and let those tethers, let the trying to do it on your own by your own intellect or your own effort or your own emotion or your own management, let that just fall away. Let whatever's tying you down just fall away so you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. And just make that your prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I just pray for a fresh wind from you. Holy Spirit, we love you and we worship you. Would you fill us now? Fill us as a church. Fill us as people with the fullness of your presence. Bring the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. May we be baptized in your spirit. Thank you, Lord. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path. Thank you.